Good morning. Buenos días. Me da mucho gusto que Martín dijo que nosotros somos muchachos. Me siento bien joven. I'm just pleased that um, Martín says, hey, if you guys have any questions regarding the cornhole game, ask the boys. Yeah, I feel pretty young this morning. So today's service is going to be a little different, guys. Um, we're actually up here, um, you know, we're going to be, you're going to hear three different stories. They're actually testimonies um, of how a father has impacted a life. Um, and uh, the good thing, you know, we know pastor's not here. He's on vacation, and he's took his shoes with him, right? So we don't have, you know, those are big shoes to fill for us guys, so we don't have to worry about filling shoes. We're just going to come out here. We're going to come up here and just express our heart and just hear our heart. Um, but I want to start with just a, a brief story about uh, just four men um, are in a hospital in the maternity ward awaiting the announcement of their new addition to the family. Nurse comes out and speaks to the first guy and says, congratulations. He says, you're the father, the proud father of twins. The guy's like, man, awesome, because I work for the Minnesota Twins, right? High fives fill the room, excitement and everything, right? Moments later, a second nurse comes out, goes to the second guy, says, congratulations. You're the proud father of triplets. Right? Oh, man, the guy's like, no way, because I work for 3M Company. Man, they just excitement. Everyone's just, just, just excited about it. Third nurse comes out, goes to the third guy and says, congratulations. You're the proud father of contriplets. Four. The guy's like, what are the odds? I work for 4M Hotel Company. I mean, four, uh, four Squares Hotel Company, right? You know, guy, again, excitement fills the room. Everyone's cheering. And they look in the corner. There's the fourth father. He's banging his head up against the wall, and he's pulling his hair. Finally, someone approaches him and says, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? The guy turns around with tears in his eyes, and he says, I work for this 7-Up bottling company. <laughs> Fatherhood. Um, as I mentioned, today's, today's uh, sermon, I mean, uh, testimonies about four fathers, whose lives have been impacted by a father. These stories you'll hear, they're, they're from different backgrounds, different ethnicities. We'll even be reading from different versions of the Bible. Um, so um, one thing we know for sure is a father's impact is significant in a child and a family. He may be present. He may be absent. Maybe positive, maybe negative, God-fearing or not. Either way, his impact is profound. Now, I do want to say one thing is um, this message is, is, is about men. It's, it's strictly fathers. But we know that there's women out there. We don't want to leave you out. I mean, this is Father's Day, so it'll be directed towards the fathers. So uh, just <laughs> bear with us up here. So the scripture that we're um, choosing to read this morning is Deuteronomy which I always say Deuteronomy, and I say it fast, I say do the right thing. So uh, Deuteronomy 6, um, 4 through 9. And this is the word of the Lord. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. 
You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk, you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as signs on your hands, and, and they, shall be on the, they shall be as, for, as fortlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Um, this, is, this, this, this verse actually is known to be one of the most popular uh, scriptures in the Bible. Um, for Israel, it's called, uh, this, is, this is the great confession of their faith, and it's still recited day and night by some Jews. This verse affirms God's uniqueness and his singularity. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. In Psalms 139, 7 through 12, it says that God's everywhere. Because it's, it's, it, says, it says here that uh, in, in Deuteronomy, it says that your Lord God is, is one. And it's just, it talks about him, him as being, yeah, just, just one. He's unique, but he's everywhere as well, right, in his unique way. Um, as I mentioned in Psalms 139, it says, it says, um, it says, it says, uh, you go, sorry, I'm reading my notes here. Um, yeah, it just speaks of, Psalms 139 just speaks of the Lord being everywhere. Talks about it being in the heavens, in the sea, even in the dark places. God is everywhere. Um, Psalms, then in, then in Deuteronomy 5, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus calls this the greatest commandment. In Matthew 22, Jesus was asked, which is, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus, Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Then Moses continues in Deuteronomy. He says, this commandment should be on your hearts so much that they will influence your kids. That's kind of where I had a little pause and tell my story of growing up. Um, I am the youngest of three. Wow, my wife says if I get nervous, just remember that you guys are all family, right? And, <laughs> and so I'm just talking to my family. So I'm, I'm the youngest of three. Um, met my father once when I was uh, nine years old for a brief moment. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of great things uh, to think about my father. Um, just, uh, yeah, just the absence of him not being there, right? My mother was <clears throat> my spiritual leader in my life. Excuse me. <laughs> family. Family. I'm talking to family. <laughs> my, um, yeah, she was my spiritual leader, so I thank God for that. But um, so growing up, so, so, so in, 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 in my life then, as I became growing up, and, and you hear scriptures in the Bible, and you hear it referenced as God being the Father, wasn't a very great feeling for me, right? It was a disconnect. Um, 
But um, in 1992, um, I caught wind of uh, that my father had passed away. He lived in Detroit, Michigan. And um, my awesome wife, she says, hey, let's, let's go and bury him. Well, my intentions were not to say, I mean, to go there with very kind things to say. First of all, I wanted to make sure the guy was gone. <laughs> That's just my heart. I'm just being real. Um, but something took place in this trip. Um, the spirit of for- forgiveness overwhelmed my heart. God gave me this forgiveness that I, it, was, it, was, it was just crazy, right? Um, I forgave my father, stood over his casket and forgave him, right? There's a scripture in the Bible that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That day was one thing that I probably couldn't have done without the Spirit of God in my heart. Um, that was God's plan in my life, right, without me even knowing. Another plan that God had in my life was to make sure that my mother knew to put the male influence of godly men in my life. Um, she, you know, I was raised... Um, I was raised with, with mentors, God who spoke to my life, men who impressed on me, as it says in Deuteronomy 6, 4. Uh, they, impressed, uh, they impressed things in my life. They showed me what it was like to be a man of integrity, a man to love his wife, a man to speak into the lives of, of people. A man to know what it's like to write things on the door frame of your, your doors and on your heart. You know, um, last week, Cody, in Cody's prayer, he talked, about, he talked about a man and being right where God has called you to be. And that's so important, and that's my message today, because it was the influence of my father, even though he wasn't in my life, it was God's plan because I truly believe that my father is influenced me, has influenced me in my life, and he's still even influencing today because he's speaking through me. I speak of two terms. I speak of that in two different ways. I speak it in the terms of my heavenly father, and I speak it in the terms of my earthly father because I am his son as well. So um, next, we're going to ask Bill to come up and share. Thank you, brother. (laughs) 11 minutes, Aaron. Just everything on time, too, buddy. You know, it's hard to follow Aaron because whether he realizes or not, he's my brother, but I love him. You're the the best, Aaron. First of all, I want to stress, or real quick, I want to say this, is that the scripture that we have, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, I'd like you to study it later, but it's here, O Israel. Hear, O Israel, hear, listen, hear, 
The Lord thy God is one. You know, and, there's, and it goes on. Read it. And it was addressed directly to the house of Israel. Hear, O Israel. God's method of reaching to us has been through the Jews. And this is our, many times we take the Old Testament and we want to use it, twist it for our own good. But God moved through the earth through the Jews. And we are tied in with the Jewish people through Abraham. Read, read and you'll discover more and more. The more you read, the more you discover we are Abraham's children. What I'd like to do is to start off with my own, I'm, I'm going to use the reference of dad, because I looked at my father on earth as my dad, and I called him dad or daddy. My dad was born in 1908, and when he was 45 years old, he had, he had his fourth child, which is me. So I'm the youngest of four. And the thing that my dad had going, like what I want to reference this is, we all have earthly fathers. One way or another, we have earthly fathers. Whether even a sperm didn't you know, drop off or whatever, however it happens, there's still a father involved. No matter what, there's a father involved. My dad was, was living with our household, but he was raised during a time whenever his, his mother died when he was four years old. And so his life was very difficult. His dad remarried after a few years, and he basically hated his new mother or stepmom. He never seen what it is to be a father staged out or laid out at all. So whenever I was born on his 45th birthday, what I seen from him, and I'm going to make this quick, what I seen from him was rejection or correction all the time. I, didn't, I don't remember my dad ever until I was 18 years old before he ever told me that he loved me. I was 18 and a half or so. But he did that after a major event. But all through my life, my dad was around, but he was a bartender and a card dealer at the bars. And so he was not a provider in the sense of what we hope a daddy should be to bring money in. I remember my mom at night whenever he'd go to sleep, would go through his pants to take money out of his pants because to get funds to continue to buy, you know, beans, potatoes, and whatever. And my mother was always struggling, taking and ironing and stuff. So I look, I look at my daddy, and get with me wrong, I love him. I had a desire in my heart for him to take me fishing and take me hunting, which he enjoyed as a kid. He'd bring it up every once in a while, but he'd never take me. And a few times, the two times he took me fishing, he criticized me about everything, not saying, oh, I did a good job on anything. And I had the same, whenever I first started looking at the Bible and found when I accepted Christ in my heart, I had a hard time relating to the Father. So I just stuck with Jesus. I said, skip, you know, skip the Father. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang around Jesus and just learn about him. The more I've learned about Jesus, though, he, he is the, in Colossians, he is the express image the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's the true everything about God. So I'm looking at my daddy, and I love him, but like many of you, he either wasn't there or he was there and he was absent while he was there. He, he didn't really understand what it meant to be a father to his family. The next step I want to take you through real quick is myself. Whenever I 
when my wife, my beautiful wife Darlene had our first baby. And we'd been married uh, for almost five years, I believe she can correct me, uh, and Brittany was born. When Brittany was born, all I, I remember is sitting in that room, and because I was with her all the way through, but I sat in the room and I was with her, and I was with her when the baby came, and the baby came out with a strange head sh shape, you know, it was like, like an egg shape, and I thought, oh my God, she's deformed. And, and, uh, and she's so little, she was 5'7". And, and this, this awesomeness fear came upon me was that I'm gonna be responsible for her. And then with that fear, there was joy that she was alive at the same time. And it, it made me, at that time, I was a Christian, and I thought, God, help me. Help me to be a good dad. Help me, help me not to be like my dad was. Help me. And it came over me that way. My, my second son was born, darling, brought, brought in, the, in the earth, we brought, brought Mark in, and it was the same thing, but not, as, not like the first time. The first time, it, there was awesomeness of fear and trembling, and yet great joy that she was coming. I was, had a daughter, and there was responsibility. But I'd like Flory now, if you'd bring up, uh, how far am I into it? How many minutes? Anyway, uh, bring up for me the scripture 103, uh, Psalms 103, and at the same time I'll read it. Jesus said some, some, some things that, that I keep clinging to. And one of them was that he said in the New Testament, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And they didn't like it. You know, they said, well, hey, well, you know, show us something, prove something. You know, Moses had, you know, he had manna come down from heaven. And Jesus said, truly my Father provided the manna. Moses didn't, you know. So he pointed them to the Heavenly Father, but then at the same time, they didn't really get it because they were in the flesh. And they weren't understanding how much the Father, through Jesus Christ, is showing his love for them of the Father. You know, we, here's the scripture. 103, praise the Lord my soul. All my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives our sins and heals our diseases. Who, who re redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord's works, works righteous, righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds in, to the people in, of Israel. Excuse me. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, he, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear, as fear, fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed the transgressions from us. As a father 
has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He, he, he remembers that we are dust. The life of, of mortals is like grass. I'm going to stop there. I, I don't know, a few years ago, someone in one of their sermons, maybe 20 years ago, 10 years ago, I don't know when it was, they said as far God had forgiven them as far as from the east to the west. And I think, yeah, what's that mean? Okay. The globe, like this little ball right here, is round. The earth is round. And if you go, if you start anywhere on it and begin to go north, you can only go north so far. And what happens? You start going south. Then when you go south so far, you come to the bottom. And what happens when you start going the other direction? You're going north. In a globe, and we're on a globe, we're on the earth. When God said he forgives our sins and puts them as far away as the east from the west, that's because when you go east, you're always traveling east, and you never go west. They never come together, as long as you keep traveling that direction. So the scripture was was way ahead, obviously, God made the earth, but he was way ahead of his time of thinking Columbus or whatever, not Columbus, who, who said uh, Galileo or who said the world was round, I forgot. Uh, 1492, what's his name? Columbus is supposed to have proved it, you know, to some degree. But God told us in the Old Testament. He told us in the Old Testament. <laughs> have I got three minutes left? Okay, thank you. So, <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, Aaron. I appreciate it. You know, I, I can stand up here and if I keep talking, I go, I go into crying tears. But the important thing is, God's love for us, the Father's love for us, is expressed in Jesus Christ. And, and my, personally, my personal life, I only speak for my own testimony. My dad failed. I failed. I, I've caused my children to, at times, really be pressure on them. And I sense it at times where I've erred at. But my Heavenly Father has never let them down. My Heavenly Father has never failed. He's never failed. I failed as a, as a dad. But my heavenly father's never failed. And, and, the, and the more I can lean on Jesus, the more I get to know the father. Because they're one. And the father loves us. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. In John 3.16. Famous verse which we all know. I'm going to close there. I'm going to bring my brother up. It's time for Anthony Hale to come up. The short one. All right. Is this you, Bill? It's Aaron's. Okay, hold on. I don't have a joke for you, but I do have a riddle. All right. How many men does it take to remember to put tissue up here? Apparently more than three. So. I'm going to pray that I can get through this. (sighs) Father, I lift up this effort to you, that you, your heart may be exposed, and that your people would come into direct um, contact with it, and that those who um, don't know you as Father, that they would know you today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. 
I'm reading from the Dr. Tony Evans. <laughs> All right. The answer is three men and a woman. I'm reading from the Dr. Tony Evans uh, New Christian Version Bible. So uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, starting at verse 4. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The lo love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be uh, in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand, and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on your doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Much like Bill, he emphasized, listen, Israel. The Hebrew word for listen, Israel, is the Hebrew word Shema. Shema. It's spelled S-H-E-M-A. It doesn't exclusively mean listen, Israel. It is an emphatic expression that in my vernacular, where I grew up, right, I could hear pops go, hold on. Check this out. Shut up, son. I got something to say to you. In your vernacular, in your culture, it may come out somewhat different. But I think I'm emphasizing the point. It's time for daddy to talk, and it's time for the child to listen. That was the snapshot of this moment in Israel when Moses was talking to Israel. You see, Israel had already been through some stuff. They tried to get into the promised land the first time. They didn't make it. He held them back because of their disbelief. So they wandered around dirt for 40 years, not getting into the promised land. And when they got to the edge again, Moses is an old man, but his penalty is that he would never see the promised land. So Moses is speaking from a seat of authority and personal experience. So he says, Shema. He was calling to people to sit up, take notes, and what he was about to say was pretty darn important. Father figure. What I got to say is pretty important. So the takeaway is an earthly father ought to be a man of Shema. If he is going to build a legacy in his life, there is a component of him that he's got to have some Shema moments. My father was a Shemak type dude. He was, consistently. His Shema back in the 60s carried corporal punishment when you didn't listen. So my father was a good man, but he wasn't always a perfect man. See, the Israelites were about to possess something new. And the Lord our God is giving instruction through Moses to prepare these people's hearts to take on something new. As earthly, biological fathers, we bring children into this world so that they may adopt and take on something new. That something new is not always a bed of roses. Sometimes the community our children come into have influence, influences within it that come against the word of God, 
So when they come into that moment and they're young and they're off to college or they're ditching school at 3 o'clock at high school and you're out making money and you're not going to get home to 8 o'clock at night, something needs to ground them. Something needs to get a hold of them. And even if they do sin, they need to have some shame. Where do we go for that? Instruction in the, in, the, in the word of the Lord. See, Tony Evans said the family unit had to become the primary place where faith in and love for the Lord is to be modeled and transferred. See, my pops, my pops doted on me. Tissue time. I'm going to focus on George. I always focus on somebody when I get emotional. So you're here today, George. So I didn't even know my name practically until I became a young teenager, uh, young teen. I thought my name was just Sam's son because that's what everybody called me. I was my daddy's shadow. my, My mind is filled with memories, wonderful memories of my father. I played basketball for this man starting at age 10, 11. We won city championships. We traveled together. We made windshield time from here to Mississippi over and over again. We talked about everything. I fell asleep. I ordered what he ordered. I ate what he ate. He would take me to his, uh, I guess today they would be called like kickbacks. Is that what y'all guys call them today, the kids? Right? We played dominoes, listened to music. We didn't smoke any weed, couldn't do that back then, right? My father took me there. When he, he was a street racer, he, would, he had an El Camino with a 327 Corvette engine in it, and this thing was fast, right? He put me in the back, right? No seat belts, and he would drag race with me in the back. That is a true story. So you can imagine the kind of father I had, hands on, but there's a but. You see, my pops, as much as he doted on me and he loved on me, I began to see through this scripture, there's a disconnect there from my heavenly father to my earthly father, right? Because as I read these scriptures, everything from these scriptures bleed public. Public. Where does he tell Israel to put the scriptures around their neck, on their doorposts? in the pathway, getting up in the morning, going down to bed at night. There is nothing private about this. But when it came to love, my father was a very private man. He was courteous. We're not in a day and age where fathers can afford to be secret agent, godly men leading children. We got to go public with our love, with giving a foundation and laying down a foundation for these children because when they get challenged, they're going to have to navigate that. And they're going to have to come back to the Lord's word. That's a job. So with all the wonderful memories I have of my father, unfortunately, I have a, I'm not sure, but I got one memory that stands out. When I got married to Jennifer, the day came when The whole family unit was going to go to the in-laws and stay the night. Oh, y'all pray for me. So on our way over there, one of the things I learned about Jennifer, she was a naturalist, right? She bought natural products. I couldn't use Jergens lotion no more. I had to use natural lotion, right? I couldn't eat a Wonder Bread. I was eating 
Micah, what was that? Malachi, Micah 321 bread. So we stop at Trader Joe's on the way to my mother's house and we get our natural products. And they know they had natural Cheerios. They call them Joe's O's. So we come piling in my mother's house with about six bags of groceries, right? About an hour into the stay, my mother's got that funky attitude, body language going like, what's going on? You know, what's going on? So I spent about two years. My mother never got over it. We brought our own groceries to a cook's house. My mother was a caterer, and she had already gone grocery shopping and cooked meals for the next two days. And here we come with our Trader Joe's bags. Didn't go over well. During that stay, my wife's warming up to my dad, and my dad is spending a little bit of isolated time with my wife. And then my wife pops him one of those, I don't know, uh, questions that says, how do your children know you love them? I wasn't there. She told me the story. And my father said, well, I don't tell my children I love them. They know I love them. So I dismissed the story, right? I'm just thinking that's how everybody grows up. That's just how it is, right? Stop arguing with my pops. He loves me. Why are you starting stuff? (laughs) But it comes back to me today. My daddy should have told me he loved me. He should have told me he loved me, all right? So my heavenly father loves me. And he wants me to know that. And so he dotes on me publicly. He does. He dotes on me publicly. So there are many of you that don't have the experience that I have with pops, and you got more of an experience that they have with their fathers. But the bottom line is, right, daddy's in the house. I want you gentlemen to come up real quick here. Daddy's in the house. So what we want to do today, we want to not only uh, speak into the lives of fathers, but we also want to speak into the lives of the fatherless. And right now, I just want to see a movement of God, if possible, right? And if we've spoken into your lives today, and you don't know the father of fathers, if you don't know the true father, father of Shema, right? I want you to just show your hearts and stand. We want to pray into your lives today. We want to deposit into you a godly prayer that raises your standard of fatherhood, that raises your standard, right, to a biblical standard of representing the word of God that when, when as, as life goes and you become a grandfather, right, I think we're all grandfathers up here, right, that you will begin to see the seeds that you planted come to fruition. And if you feel that you really want to be that man of God, right, Show your love. Stand where you're at. Thank you, Bill. Well, God put man first from Genesis. I'd like to just right now have all fathers stand up first. If you would, just stand. If, you're, if you have had children, you have children, it doesn't matter if they passed. If you've had children, please stand. We want to pray for you first. And I'll pray, and then I want Aaron to bring the rest of the congregation up. I mean, uh, uh, Tony to bring, or Aaron to bring the rest of the congregation up. Bring them up afterwards. But men, I challenge you to have the nerve to walk up here. To actually walk around and come up to the front. I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. If you don't feel comfortable, do it. You don't have to do it. But right now, God is calling you. Whether you realize it or not, 
God is calling you. These brothers of mine, we all have experience just like you have experience with your daddy. And if you didn't have a dad, you never knew them like basically like, like my brother Aaron. And I had one that was, didn't really want to get to know me, but he was around. Aaron, had, my brother Tony, I'm still waiting for him to share about his grandpa. I don't, he can't leave this stage until he shares about his grandfather at the end. I'd like to pray for the fathers here first. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. We know we're not perfect dads. But Father, I pray that you would, Lord, change our hearts that we could see the kingdom of God for what it is. Lord, you told Nicodemus, you said, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Father, I pray that these men, that are fathers, they're dads, I pray that they would see the kingdom of God in their, in their family and their children. I pray, Lord, that they would recognize that they are special and they have a position that is special. And it has authority, but it's only true authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Gentlemen, if you'd stay here for a second, I'd like the Tony or Aaron to pray for them. Have the rest of the congregation stand if you would. Thank you, Bill. I always try to find the right words. But I don't always find them. Right now, I want to connect with all the women in the audience that today is a tough day for them. I want you to know that Jesus Christ can give back everything that was taken from you. That Jesus Christ is the accurate picture of what a father is and what a father does. So I lift up the hearts of every woman here whose life was impacted negatively or even positively by a dad. That those hearts would be made whole that they would be renewed, that they would spring forward with joy. Tomorrow's a brighter day, especially with Christ in it. And for the congregation as a whole, the fathers-to-be, the young men, oh, listen, oh, listen. Hear your father's cry. You are mine. You are beautifully made. And in you, the father sees. He sees perfection through the Christ, through Christ's blood. I pray that as you go forward in your young lives, that the word of God does not depart from you. But when you sin, it reigns you in. It gives you that reference point, young men. And do business with the Father. And you will do well. Every man standing here right now, the most beautiful sight you will ever see 
God bless you. In Jesus' name.